Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 12. This is the second story found in this particular chapter of God's Word, these amazing stories from the life of the Lord Jesus. Today, the, first, uh, the five verses, starting at verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he ordered him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest, he said, and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But the news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Luke chapter 5 provides us with this saga of Jesus of Nazareth as he wanders around the villages uh, surrounding the Sea of Galilee. This is his story. It is not fiction. It is fact. It is history. But never before or since has a story been written that is so instructive to the reader. The lessons are profound and profuse. The story is filled with vital truth. Only the Word of God can pack so much into one short story as we encounter Jesus in it. We consider today lessons from a leper, then lessons from the Lord. Verse 12 says, While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. These days we read constantly about a disease known as the coronavirus or COVID-19, but in Scripture the disease most often referred to is the disease of leprosy. The term leprosy comes from the Greek word lepos, which means scaly, because it's a disease that would produce a scaly skin. There, there's debate over exactly what the disease was and was like. Diseases change over the centuries, but apparently this leprosy is kin to what today is typically referred to as Hansen's disease. An awful sickness entered the lives of God's people, picked up, we expect, uh, down in Egypt. It's caused by a bacillus, microbacillus leprae, and there is no cure. Not then, not now. Today, the symptoms can be controlled to a degree. At that time, at uh, the time of Christ, it was utterly unhindered by, uh, from ravaging a person's body. The disease First appears as sort of a scab or a rash, but the outward signs were just signs. The real damage would go on under cover where it attacks the human nervous system. Many think that lepers just lose the extremities in their body, their toes and their fingers and so forth, but not, not really. What happens is that they lose all feeling in those extremities and they eventually rub or burn them away. You see, a woman doesn't know that the pot she's holding is hot, so she continues to hold it, and it scalds and burns her skin and her bones. A man is unaware that his shoes don't fit properly, and they can literally rub off a toe or rub a, a sore on his body. And apart from this, the disease attacks the bone marrow, and the bones shrivel, drawing in the skin and the tissue, making the hands and feet sort of like claws. Their, their teeth would often fall out. They go blind. These, these folks typically would get, as noted, terrible burns and infections. And so their skin would be covered with scaly, bulbous, oozing sores. Frankly, it, the disease is not all that painful, but it's the ugliest thing imaginable. Since the disease was communicable, the leper had to leave society, social distancing of the most severe kind. And, and this is precisely how it hurt the most. The leper was an outcast. For the sake of others, he had to be. It was against the law to hide your leprosy. In fact, you sort of had to advertise your leprosy. 
In Leviticus 13.45, it says, As for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn, and the hair of his head shall be uncovered, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean! Unclean! That's not going to help much with your self-image. And the next verse says, He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So the leper uh, would leave home, family, friends, all that was dear. It was tragic. And on top of it all, he became a walking illustration of sin. He was declared ceremonially unclean. When God looked for an illustration to teach what sin is and what it does, this is where he found it. Like sin, leprosy defiles the whole man. It is ugly and it is odious. It defiles, contaminates, and it is incurable. Is it any wonder, then, that a leper would desperately want healing? And isn't it tragic that many people with the problem this illness illustrates don't care for healing at all? The leper would cry out like, Paul, who will deliver me from the body of this death? And the answer for Paul is the answer for the leper. Jesus is the answer. So we read again in verse 12, While he was in one of the cities, Behold, there was a man covered with leprosy, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This is a strange event. Matthew records it like this. A man with leprosy approached him and knelt before the Lord. And the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Behold, look at this. A leper approached. Lepers did not approach. They have to keep their distance. They have to stay out of sight. If not, they're likely to be mocked, maybe even stoned. And the social stigma here was incredible. So lepers don't approach. But this one, this one approached. Why? What made him come? Why didn't other lepers come? Well, they would not come for two reasons. One, they had no hope of Jesus being able to heal them. But secondly, probably they were afraid of the scorn and the ridicule, the insults, and maybe the rocks that would be hurled their way. So what drove this guy of whom we read? It was the burden of his own need. He knew how vile he was. He had to come. Here's a man who senses so desperately his need that he couldn't care less what anybody else thought. He has no fear of man, no sense of shame, worrying, what are people going to think of me? He wanted, listen, he wanted help more than he wanted respect, more than he wanted the admiration and esteem of other people. Sadly, tragically, many refused to seek help for their issues in life because doing so might cost their reputation. Others might think less of me. The leper came with a great sense of his need. Otherwise, he would not have come at all. Secondly, he came to Jesus, not only with a desperate sense of his need, he came to Jesus with reverence. When this man saw Jesus, what did he do? He fell on his face before him and called him Lord. In our previous story, we see Peter doing the same thing. He comes before Christ with worship, doesn't he? And boy, this is fantastic. You can't say much for this guy's body, but his heart here is gorgeous indeed. Clean on the outside, uh, Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus refers to the leaders, the Jewish leaders who were part of his audience in these cases. He called them uh, whitewashed tombs, clean on the outside, but inside full of dead men's bones. And the leper stands in stark contrast to them. He comes to Jesus with reverence, first exalting this one whom he perceived somehow 
to be God. Thirdly, now the leper shows us that one ought to come to Jesus in humility. He came on his face, and, and look at the words he uses in verse 12. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What a tremendous statement. It is a humble statement, you'll note. He doesn't demand that Jesus heal. He doesn't speak His will. Neither did He bellyache or gripe that He got this illness. He didn't talk about His rights. He didn't even talk about His desires. He didn't even do that. All He said was, if you wanted, you can make me clean. The humble person does not pretend to always know God's will. Our leprous friend likely was willing to remain in this condition if that was God's will. Had he gone away still a leper? He would have also left believing or else he would not have worshipped in the first place. Fourthly, this leper came to Jesus with faith. He believed that Jesus could heal him. Now, I'm not sure why. Maybe he had seen the other miracles Jesus had done. But he sees that Jesus is operating in divine power. And so he says, you can make me clean. That's the faith that brought him to Christ. And regardless of the nature of your particular uncleanness, that's the faith that can bring you to Jesus. Your problems, whatever they are, they're not too bad for him. They're not beyond his reach. So I invite you to come to him and be cleansed. Our leper friend came in, in faith, great faith. Some criticize him because he said, if you are willing, as if that shows his doubts. Oh, no, this is biblical faith. It knows Christ is able, but it submits to His sovereignty and His purpose. It is faith that says, Thy will be done. True faith knows He can and hopes He will, but it rests in His sovereignty, in His wisdom, in His love. Well, let's now turn to the second category of lessons from our story. These we learn from looking at the Lord. And the first thing we see in Jesus that is worthy of our emulation is His compassion. There in verse 13, he stretched out his hand and touched the man. And you could add at that point, and the crowd gasped. Why? Because he was violating the governor's social distancing order. They gasped because you don't touch lepers. You would be defiled. The Talmud says, uh, Talmud, which is the official commentary of the Jews on the Old Testament scripture, says you should not come within six feet of a leper. That's an interesting number, isn't it? Six feet. Maybe the uh, CDC folks read the Talmud as they were establishing the rules for interacting during the virus era. The Talmud, again, the official commentary on the Old Testament, would list 61 possible defilements for a Jewish person. Number one would be to touch a dead body. Number two is to touch a leper. One rabbi said, when I see a leper, I throw stones lest he come near. Another said, I would not so much as eat an egg bought on a street where a leper had passed. And Jesus, wow, Jesus touched the man. Incredible. There, there were more than just laws that call for leper distancing. These lepers were not pleasant to be around. William Hendrickson comments that lepers emitted a very bad odor on top of their sad appearance. Their voices typically acquired a grating quality. All the human senses would be repulsed. And Jesus was human. He could smell the stench. He could see the sores. If he wanted, he could have jumped on a roof and he could have shouted, Be clean! And the angels would sing and the earth would shake. But instead, he touched the man. Wow! That's what the leper needed. No dramatics here, really. Jesus just says, I am willing. Be cleansed. 
Why this way? Mark says he was moved by compassion. Compassion will often get your hands dirty. Jesus could see, he could feel the man's pain, and he loved him. He pitied him. The leper said, if you are willing, and Jesus said, I am willing. And friend, Christ is a willing Savior. Those who come to him will not be cast out. He will save if you come. The leper came and found compassion from the Lord. He also found power in the Lord. Even though he was full of leprosy, Christ was full of compassion and power. Christ said, I will, and what he wills, he does. So it is the will of God that saves a man. John 1 speaks of believers in Jesus, verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Romans 9, 15, God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. Verse 18, so you see, God chooses to show mercy to some, and He chooses to harden the hearts of others. All that's in Romans 9. Our God is sovereign. Leprosy, it's incurable for man, but the Christ who called the fish and stilled the sun and raised the dead finds leprosy no particular problem. He just says, be clean, and immediately the leprosy is gone. Now, when we touch defilement, we get defiled. When Christ touched it, the defilement is purified. That's power. It must have been incredible to see those shriveled claws become hands and that grotesque skin become smooth. That is the power of our God. That's a new creation. Lesson number three from looking at Jesus is a lesson about cleansing. The power of Christ is exercised for the cleansing of this man. The, the text uses the words clean and cleanse because, again, the leprosy is a picture of sin. Just as Christ shows his power over leprosy, he wants you to know he has power over sin. Leprosy represents sin. Like sin, it is pervasive. Like sin, it is ugly. It, is, it, it contaminates. It is incurable. Isaiah depicts the sin of Israel in physical terms. In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, Why do you continue to invite punishment? Must you rebel forever? Your head is injured. Your heart is sick. You are battered from head to foot, covered with bruises and welts and infected wounds. <laughs> like a spiritual leper, it sounds like. Leprosy. It makes one repulsive to other humans. Sin makes us repulsive to a holy God. So be reconciled with God. To be reconciled with God, the sinner must be cleansed, which is what Jesus does for us when we turn to Him by faith. So our final lesson from the Lord, it's about obedience. Verse 14, Jesus ordered him, the leper, to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for cleansing just as Moses commanded as a testimony to them. What was the proper response for one who had experienced the healing power of Christ? Obedience. Jesus says, okay, now I want you to obey Leviticus 14, do what Moses said. In Leviticus, God gave a whole ritual for a man to be healed of leprosy. He was to offer sacrifices. He was to cook up a recipe and, and get examined by the priest. If he was really healed... He got a certificate that he could put on his wall, like A to Z, challenge, graduate, or maybe ex-leper lives here. So Jesus told the man to obey the Word of God. He added, too, that he should tell no one what had occurred. Well, what a trial that would have been. 
Why would Christ give him an order like that? You know, he told the demons not to do that either. He told the demons to shut up and not reveal to people who he was. Maybe Christ knows that if he gets too popular, they may try to make him a rebel king against Rome. John chapter 6, verse 15 says, When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away to the hills by himself. The time for that had not yet come. Jesus had some things to do before the issue of his claim to be the Messiah was going to bring his life on earth to a dramatic end. So at times, he requested that his identity and his miracle power be kept quiet. Another possibility is that Jesus just wanted the leper, the healed leper, to bear witness to that priest. Let, let the priest see you, he said. Let him conclude that you are indeed clean, clean and, 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 that, uh, and then say, Jesus did this for me. Whatever his motive for commanding silence, the ex-leper did not obey. Mark tells us he went babbling about what had happened all over the place. In our passage, it says the news about Jesus was spreading even further, and the leper contributed to that. He got so excited, he forgot to obey. What an interesting situation. Have you been cleansed by Christ? Don't forget to obey your Savior. I'd love to interview this ex-leper and to ask him, what were you thinking to go and tell people in spite of what Jesus had commanded you to do? But then I wonder, what are we thinking? In our case, obedience does not demand that we be silent. We don't have to contain ourselves. We are called to be witnesses. We are free to share what Christ has done for us. Isn't that wonderful? We can tell the world that Jesus has made us whole by His power, by His love, by His cross, where He took our sin and took our sickness and took our death upon Himself. Glory to His name. Let's pray. Oh God, how truly awful You have shown our sin to be. And how truly great is Your compassion and Your powerful love. Lord, our sins, they are many. Your mercy is more. By Your Spirit, convey these things to our hearts so that we will see how great our salvation truly is and respond accordingly. We thank You that we don't have to be silent, that we get to speak, we get to sing, we get to testify of Your grace that is truly amazing. So forgive us our fearful quiet and open our mouths to declare the praises of our Redeemer, in whose name we ask. Amen.